This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening as we continue on the podcast to bring you coverage of the LSU-Alabama game that looms in Tuscaloosa, Brian Denny Stadium, 230 Central on CBS. It's number two, LSU versus number three, Alabama, number one versus two in the AP poll, though. And look, before we get going on the podcast, want to give you guys a quick reminder to subscribe to Go 24-7. Check out CBS All Access, which is included in your Go 24-7 subscription. So not only can you stream LSU-Bama, whether you're at your kid's soccer game or whether you are wherever, you can get that included, but also you can check out 10,000 on-demand shows and also stream live TV. So that is included, a $99 value, in your Go 24-7 subscription. I'm Billy Embody. With me, Shay Dixon and Sonny Ship. Let's jump right into the pod. A lot to get to. Shay, your initial kind of, I know we talked earlier this week, but your initial reactions now that the game is finally here. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about it. Whether you're calling it one versus two or two versus three, I don't, I don't think it matters. I think the winner of this game will be one uh, in the rankings across the board, uh, you know, by the time next week rolls around. And it's living up to be one of the best games we've seen in this matchup, I mean, in a long time, maybe since 2011, uh, in large part because uh, obviously both offenses are really good. Both defenses are ranked in the top 30. Both teams are undefeated. Uh, and it feels like, and I know we say this every year, we're eventually going to be right, uh, but it feels like to me um, that this will be one of LSU's um, best chances uh, against Alabama and a very talented Alabama team at that. But uh, everyone who's followed this LSU team, certainly everybody listening that's a fan, uh, is most impressed now than any other team that LSU's had uh, across this stretch. And, and, you know, obviously Joe Burrow is, is a big part of that. Yeah, and Sonny. You know, this is this is the big one. This is this is supposedly kind of the year that LSU is supposed to be able to beat Alabama. And, and so what are your initial reactions as we get going on the pod and, and kind of talking about this matchup and, and what you see from it? Well, <clears throat> unlike in years past, I think LSU goes into this game uh, thinking that that it can win this. It can win without forcing three or four turnovers, without. Uh, you know, things falling apart for Alabama. And the big reason is personnel-wise, they match up very favorably to Alabama. Uh, you know, going in, I looked at this as far as looking at it from a personnel perspective, looking at the starters, and, you know, I gave LSU an edge at quarterback just because, you know, if Tua, t- uh, if Tua was healthy going into this one, I think you have a toss-up. But I don't think there's any question that he's going to be limited to some degree with his mobility. And, uh, you know, with that said, I don't think you can not give Joe Burrow the edge right there. Running backs, I thought they were pretty even with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Najee Harris. And as you go on down the board, 
there isn't one area that I look at and I say, okay, Alabama has a clear advantage here, maybe with the, ex- with the exception of maybe special teams. And so when you lump all of this in together, we've had some big matchups between LSU and Alabama in the past, but personnel-wise, the two really didn't stack up as well as they do here. And, uh, you know, I thought that LSU was going to have its best chance to beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa with the with the offensive firepower that we see them having. Uh, losing Michael Divinity hurts, but I think they can overcome that. And so I just really think that for once going into this matchup, LSU really thinks it can win without – Alabama completely falling apart yeah and look when you talk about Tua and his mobility it's going to be interesting and we're going to find out I think right away just how mobile he is I think Dave Aranda is going to be able to dial up some certain blitz packages and try and get after him a little bit I do have a little bit of a concern about their ability to get after Tua Tungabailoa look Alex Leatherwood one of the best left tackles in all of college football and and going to be a high draft pick that matchup between him and Caleb on Chasson will be interesting to watch. And then from there, how do they manufacture pressure? Because they need to get pressure on Tua Tagovailoa if if they're going to be able to force those turnovers and do the things that they really, I mean, need to do to the win, to win defensively. Because I think both offenses are going to have success moving the ball. And when you look at Tua, he's a game time decision allegedly. I don't think there's any way that he doesn't play. That's that's you know Nick Saban talking about him being a game-time decision yesterday. Grant Delpit, on the other hand, has missed all of the media viewing from practices this week, but from everything we're hearing, fully expecting him to play as he nurses that ankle back to kind of full, full strength as, as he's you know, recovered from that, from that uh, kind of roll-up weird tackle against Auburn that, that put him out there that game and had him in a boot post-game. But look, I think when it comes down to it, LSU's ability – to score touchdowns rather than settle for field goals in the red zone or do all those things is going to be the difference in this one for me as we look at it. Joe Burrow and those LSU wide receivers versus Alabama's defense, guys like Pat Sertain, Trayvon Diggs, how does LSU move the football? Nobody's really stopped them. Even where they haven't you know, scored a ton of points, like against Auburn, 23 points, LSU was still able to move the ball and, and rack up the, the yards. And, and when they do that, uh, they've got to be able to capitalize on touchdowns. And, and can Alabama slow them down? That that's kind of remains to be seen. But, Shay, I mean, this just seems like an opportunity for Burrow to just cement his legacy and, and grab a hold of that Heisman Trophy. Well, absolutely. I mean, in terms of legacy, I think in a way he's already kind of moved himself into, um, uh, you know, the LSU record books or LSU memory or fans' memories or however you want to put it. Uh, with what he's been able to do this year. I mean, obviously last year, um, because of their success this year, we overlook that they went to a New Year's Six Bowl. That was their best finish uh, since 2011. And even that was um, getting over, you know, sort of a proverbial hump. Uh, and, and they did that, right? I mean, I know that they lost the final game of the regular season in those seven overtimes against A&M. Um, but he had really turned it on towards uh, the back half of that year. He got some big wins last year against Georgia and Miami and some others. Uh, obviously Auburn on the road, um, but this year he's just been so good uh, to have them at eight. No, to set the records he's set to be on pace for what he's done. We haven't been able to talk about an LSU quarterback being the one of the best in the conference, uh, let alone maybe the best quarterback in the country, maybe the best player in the country 
regardless of position. Uh, but I do think this weekend, if you want to talk Heisman, um, certainly Tua or Burrow uh, can be looked at as a front runner if they win this game. Um, if Burrow wins, certainly he's a front runner. And if Tua wins, I think it's a an injured Tua knocks uh, you know knocks off a team like LSU, and and he does so uh, not at one hundred percent, and that's kind of his Heisman moment. So uh, I see it both ways. But I look up and down, and, and we had posted this on the board, and, and we're talking about it, but. You go through every kind of passer rating category there is, um, passing in a clean pocket, passing under pressure, adjusted completion percentage, deep passing rating, short passing rating, play action, non-play action, quick, long. Burrow and Tua rank top five and in a couple of those top ten in every single category. So, I mean, this is an NFL matchup. These are two NFL quarterbacks. These are two teams that have NFL players all over the field. Uh, and I think maybe the one stat that really sticks out to me, uh, or I'll give you two, um, one is passer rating under pressure. Uh, and Burrow's at 151.6. Uh, that's number one in the country. And you know that Bama's going to be able to get after him some. So there is nobody better uh, under pressure in the country throwing it than Burrow. Then on the flip side of that, Tua's is 100.8. Very respectable. But that's 13th in the country. Again, very respectable. But all of his other stats are, you know, that I mentioned were first, second, fourth, fifth, third, first, second. So 13th is the outlier and the one that maybe you'd circle most if a guy is banged up or trying to get completely healthy or however you want to categorize him coming off this tightrope surgery. Uh, and if LSU is able to get some pressure on him, guys, I think that could be not a, ama- you know, I don't think that's the end all be all, but that could certainly be one of the key factors in this game. Yeah, Shay, I'm with you when you look at, you know, when you when you talk about about Joe Burrow and what he needs to do to be considered one of the top quarterbacks in LSU history. I think he's already done that. I think he won over the fans last year and then just carried that over to this year with this monster season that he's put together. You know, no one, you know, even I thought that they were going to set records with this offense, but but not even come close to the type of production that he has put up from under uh, behind center this year. I mean, just the, the high percentage of completing passes averaging 350 yards a game, the touchdown to interception ratio ratio that is, that is out of this world. And you still have four more games, you know, at least four more games to go before you hit the, before you hit the postseason, possibly more if they win this game on, uh, on Saturday. So, this for me, this is all about this is all about Ed Orgeron and LSU being able to take that next step. Taking that next step is ending this eight game losing streak against Alabama. I think they've already taken uh, big steps off the field on the recruiting landscape between you know beating Alabama for some of these battles that that LSU hadn't won in the past. Jaquel and Roy is a perfect example. Eric Gilbert is another one. There's other guys in there that Alabama's trying to poach off of LSU's commitment list, and I don't think that they're going to have a lot of success regardless of what happens on Saturday. So, you know, as as much as Ed Orgeron hates to, to put himself as a focal point, 
whether it's games, whether it's seasons, whatever it is. I think this is a big this is a big one for him in terms of, you know, he's already shed that label that some people, uh, you know, that was kind of cast upon him when he got the LSU job, stemming from his time at old from his time at Ole Miss and his record there. But I really think that this is a type of game right here that will cement him as not only being a big game coach, which he's already proven with all of the, with his record against top ten opponents, but of being able to get over that Alabama hump that LSU has just uh, you know not been able to to get over for the past eight games. Yeah, and I, I think for me, when you look at LSU's wide receiving core. And for, for Burrow and, and just kind of going back to that, I think that's the group that's going to lead the way to a big win for LSU against Alabama and, and ending this this kind of streak. Because I do think, and we'll get we'll talk predictions later, but I do think it, it ends this year. I just think that, look, all streaks do come to an end. I mean, whether it's the Cubs or whatever, and I, that's not a, that, a reason to make my pick, but I, I do think LSU is teed up to, to do this and to to go into a tough environment and a 2:30 kick and um, a, a game where you're not dealing with, you know, family coming into town or college game day on your campus or any of those things like that. But look, I, I think that group, that, that Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall, Joe Burrow, and even Thad Moss, those are the guys that are going to be able to, to make this happen. And I think being able to control the ball and convert on third down and do all those things or something you know, they're really good at. And, and that's going to kind of lead the way for them. And, and look, there's two sides of this. There's there's Joe Burrow, his Heisman, you know, candidacy certainly, and then there's also a, a quarterback on the other side that's accomplished a lot and and certainly is is already um, you know one of the best to come through Alabama and, and one of the best quarterbacks currently in the country. We're going to preview Tua Tagovailoa how this how this Alabama offense will look to attack the LSU defense. We'll look at all of that and more on the other side of this break from the Go 24/7 podcast. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. Quick reminder, take advantage of our seven-day trial over at Go 24-7. Try us free for seven days. Get that VIP content, whether it's recruit reactions, post-game, whether it's previews, whether it's coaches on the road, Basketball recruiting is is coming down to the wire with the early signing period set to begin next week. There's a lot going on. Don't miss it by not giving us a shot for seven days. You get that CBS All Access that I mentioned earlier in the pod. Tons of more coverage uh, with Go 24-7 and 24-7 Sports. Guys, Tua Tagovailoa, I don't want to talk about the injury too much because, gosh, it just seems like that is just dominating the headlines uh, this week. But 
this is a quarterback that I think is going to be healthy enough to, to be a difference maker. But when you've got four wide receivers in Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, and Jerry Judy like he's got, you can probably be 50% and they're going to make you look pretty good. Sonny, this, this wide receiving core, even with Christian Fulton, Derek Stingley, you know, Grant Delpit, Jacoby Stevens out there, they're going to give LSU some issues. It's just a matter of, I think, how LSU can either force turnovers or keep them at bay. Yeah, and they're so good after the catch, too. That's something that Alabama really does, probably does, uh, well, uh, not probably, does as better than any other team in the country is just a ton of yards after the catch. They love to hit those slants. That's something that LSU – they have to be disciplined on to to try not to jump those routes because then they'll do a double move and they'll go over the top. So very uh very very tough defending defending that. But Alabama has so much speed. They've got so much speed out of those four guys that you mentioned: Judy Smith, Ruggs, and Waddle. You know what? L- where LSU has the you know you look at LSU and at their wide receiving core, they're bigger. They're physical. Uh, you know, they create their separation from being, uh, you know, really physical. Whereas Alabama is able to create that separation using the using the speed. And this is a game that you know we've seen. I think Christian Fulton and Derek Stingley that you know they've each they've kind of gotten better as the season has moved along. But this is a game to where they really have to. Uh, you know, they've got to be that All-American tandem, uh, you know, that, that they were going into the season. Fulton being an All-American based off of last year, full, uh, Stingley being, you know, an all <laughs> high school All-American entering this season. And now, you know, Nick Saban said that he's, you know, one of the best high school cornerbacks that he's ever seen. He's already got four interceptions. Could really, uh, you know, in turnovers could really, uh, you know, turn the tide, uh, so to speak, in, in a game like this. And, and we saw it last week against Auburn. You know, Stingley muffed the punt. Auburn goes down and scores. Uh, you know, and that kept Auburn lurking around all the way until the end. And so, you know, I think that LSU secondary, that they've got to tackle well. LSU's linebackers have to tackle well. You you can't give up those yards after the catch like Alabama is so used to. And you have to limit you ha, you have to keep those slants from getting instead of 12 or 13 yards, you know, keep them to 6, keep them to 7, force a second down and 3, try to get a play there and uh you know, you, you just have to keep them from moving the chains off of the off of those one passes make them turn into you know make those drive make those plays have to go into two have to go into three and uh you know i really think that's going to be a key for this defense yeah i mean i think that when you look defensively at lsu against this team um i circle guys like that we know that delpit and stevens and and obviously fulton and stingley will be uh they'll bring their a game but you've got to have vincent uh jay ward cordell flott if he's in there um, you know, Cam Lewis, Eric Monroe, when they're in there at safety, those guys have to be uh, playing maybe the best that they've played all year uh, if you want to be able to to get Alabama off the field and, and certainly slow down this offensive attack. But uh, I'll tell you guys this, I'm excited about it because I don't look often and see two teams who have uh, players like Devonta Smith and Judy and Ruggs and then Marshall Chase and Jefferson uh, so dynamic, all of them put up massive numbers each week. Uh, and really, uh, I think Ruggs, you look at, uh, and, and I circled too, Ruggs and Waddle uh, as guys who, 
don't have as many touchdowns as the other two. They don't catch the ball as many times a game as the other two. They don't get as many yards a game as the other two. But they're the ones that, that can really also kill you because uh, if they're able to get a big explosive play or two on you, uh, that can switch things in a heartbeat. So uh, I'm excited to see this one. Uh, and again, I think that uh, it'll be a while before we probably cover another matchup like this that has two, maybe the playoffs, but that has two offenses with two quarterbacks that are NFL quarterbacks and running out a set of three receivers, which all six of these guys are for however deep you want to go. If you're including Waddle and them, uh, seven, eight guys on each team are NFL receivers. It, it's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah. And also, I mean, gosh, the, the two running backs, Clyde Edwards, Elair, Najee Harris couldn't be more even in a way. Uh, Clyde Edwards, Elair, 115 carries, 683 yards, 5.9 yards a rush. Eight touchdowns, 19 catches, 125 yards. Najee Harris, 108 carries, 642 yards. Again, 5.9 yards a rush. Five touchdowns on the year, 16 catches, 171 yards, and four TDs. Those two guys are kind of different. They're both thick guys. I mean, Clyde is certainly more of more of a shorter uh, stature guy out there and, and has some quickness and has that spin move, while Harris is you know, 6'2", 230, and, and just a bruiser. But... Um, both are very similar in terms of their production this season. You know, whoever is able to control the clock maybe a little bit more than maybe they're used to this season. You know, LSU has really scored at, at will at times this year and, and certainly in quick fashion. But if they're able to control the clock a little bit like they did against Auburn and really kind of possess the football, run the football as well as they did against Auburn, against Alabama, that could be a huge deal uh, for LSU. But I think when I look at a next factor here, I think the big one is, is special teams, and specifically Cade York versus Will Richard. And if it, 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 it is Rikers, I mean, true freshman and one of the top kickers in the country, but has struggled this year. And on the flip side, Joseph Blues, uh, Belovis is their sophomore kicker. He's 5 of 7 on the year and, and has missed an extra point. So, look, Cade York hasn't been perfect this year. Alabama's kicking game has really not been perfect this year. Uh, Richard is, is certainly... You know, battling something, he's questionable for the game. That could play a factor into it. I mean, look, LSU's pretty much going to kick it out of the back of the end zone every time they get it. Kicking, going to be at a premium in this one. And uh, if somebody makes a misstep, I mean, that could be the difference between being down, you know, maybe within a, uh, the range of a of a touchdown or, or, or you know, being able to kick a field goal uh, and tie the game or pull ahead or what have you. Um, so kicking it for me is a big X factor here. Yeah, you know, for me, I'll go with uh, tackling, which Sonny already alluded to earlier when he was talking about kind of the Alabama's offense. But um, no matter what sort of defensive philosophy you come into this one with, I think that at the end of the day, if LSU's missing tackles, they're they're probably going to lose this game. Uh, if, if it's one of those things where it's a glaring issue out there, I think that that's how explosive plays happen. It's obviously how you can continue to move the sticks, uh, especially in terms of big chunk plays. Uh, you've got to be better on third down, which tackling can often come into play there. So uh, I really circle, if we're not talking Burrow, uh, I think an X factor is that LSU is going to absolutely have to tackle, especially on a team who uh, loves to throw the quick passing game and, and let their guys do the rest of the work from there. For me, it boils down to who is going to complement LSU's three-headed monster at wide receiver. And I think that falls on Thaddeus Moss and Stephon Sullivan. Uh, those two guys, those two guys have to take advantage of uh, being matched up against Alabama linebackers when they happen, 
Alabama's got, you know, they've got big linebackers who are, uh, you know, very good at rushing the passer, Anthony Jennings, Terrell Lewis. But are they going to be able to handle Moss and Sullivan down the field? That's what I'm, uh, you know, I really think that this is a game that Thaddeus Moss, he's coming off of a career high against Auburn. I think this is a game where he can really have one of his best games. And to do, and if he is able to do that, that's really going to help open up uh, those three receivers. And now let's get in on some predictions, boys. Uh, how much hate are we going to get uh, if you pick LSU in this one from the other side? I, I was doing a pod earlier and in, in the week and picked LSU and, and got some uh, people up in my Twitter mentions. Shay, uh, what, what are you thinking? Are you going to get some some hate from the LSU side, or are you going to get some hate from the uh, Alabama side? Now I was about to say, you're too worried about the hate from the other side. you got to worry about the hate from our subscribers at Go24-7. Uh, look, I, I, I've said it already. I thought this would be about a 35-28 game. I saw that, uh, you know, the line has hovered between six and seven. Uh, Bama's favored the whole time. Um, I'm, I, I would honestly pound the under. I, I'm not good at math, but maybe I'm too high with my 35 to 28. But I think that, and look, we've talked all week about it, uh, every little sort of thing that could play out here. Uh, and I can honestly see either team winning. But before the season, I said 11 and one, and that they would lose a close one at Bama and that they would be in a position to put themselves in the college football playoffs by still missing out on Atlanta and the SC Championship. I think that's even more true right now, given how well that they've played, that they do have uh, a nice resume to back themselves up. And if they're going to Tuscaloosa, and if they win, great, but if they lose a game that they're competitive in, they don't get shut out, they're, uh, it's a close, tight game, uh, then I have no reason to believe that um, LSU won't be very firmly in the discussion to land whatever the fourth seed or, or third seed, probably fourth, uh, in the college football playoffs. So I'm sticking with what I thought before the season. Uh, I'm going to roll 35-28 Bama. Like Shay, I'm sticking with what I said before the season, but that is not picking Bama. Over the summer, when we did our early season predictions and looked at Bama, I thought that this LSU's offense was going to put up a lot of good numbers, that they were going to be very, uh, very explosive. Didn't think it would be as good as it is from a passing perspective. I still think that personnel-wise, they match up very, very well with Alabama, um, even have the edge in several areas. And, uh, you know, going into the season, I thought 31-27 LSU. Every time I think about this game, I keep going back to that 31-27, and uh, I think the Tigers leave Tuscaloosa with the win, and um, they reel in that number one ranking in the college football playoff poll come Tuesday. Sonny, uh, I, I will dig at you. Uh, are they going to lose to Ole Miss next week? Yes, yeah, Sonny. Are you going to stick with your predictions? I will not. I will not. <laughs> oh, that's cheap. Good uh, job, Billy. Not. I was going to call him out on that, too. Anyone, <laughs> I will stick with my prediction on saying, Donovan Campbell. Yeah, oh. for anyone who, do, yeah, who, who doesn't catch what we're saying, all of us had LSU at 11-1. Billy and I had him losing to Bama but winning the rest of the games. Sonny had him beating Bama and losing to Ole Miss next week, so we should make him stick by that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will uh, move off of my prediction uh, from the uh, summer and, and all of the early season predictions. I think LSU is going to figure out a way to, to get it done, 45-41, more of a shootout uh, between these two teams, and I think we're in for a real treat. But overall, I, I just I like Joe Burrow. I like what they've done with the offense. I think it's going to be enough. Uh, my concern is in the trenches. I think that's the natural concern. 
and and whether Bama's defense hasn't played as well as it, it has or LSU hasn't played as well as it's ha- it, it has in the past, I think the trenches are, are kind of something to watch here because there is still, a, I think, a discrepancy between, you know, a big, a big gap at times between the two trenches. And even as improved as LSU's offensive line has looked this year at times and, and all of those things, this is still an Alabama team that's won pretty convincingly in the trenches over the last you know, year, few years. So that's going to be something to watch. But for me, I think Burrow's going to be, be able to deliver the ball on time, get it out on time, and LSU comes away with a 45-41 win in Tuscaloosa. And well, like Sonny said, uh, jumps up to the number one spot in the college football playoff ranking next week. We'll see who's right. We'll see who's wrong. As LSU takes on Alabama 230 Central on CBS, you can follow us all on Go 24-7 following that one. Jump in the conversation on the message boards. Again, subscribe to Go 24-7. We'll be following it all. I'll be in Tuscaloosa rolling over there on Friday to Birmingham and then in on Saturday morning. So if you're around, if you're tailgating that morning, if you're at college game day, uh, hit me up on the board and uh, we'll, we'll try and meet up before this uh, early afternoon, mid-afternoon kickoff in Tuscaloosa. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. I, I'm really excited for it. 2.30 Central again. Number two, LSU versus number three, Alabama. Can't get here soon enough. Hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. We'll catch you guys post-game and uh, with all of our thoughts on LSU-Bama as uh, this one between the Tide and the Tigers can't get here soon enough.